0: Well, it's great to be continuing in this series, and if you haven't been keeping up with our series, we've been really preaching on saved to demonstrate. Saved to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And uh, Pastor Matt preached about three weeks ago on, uh, on really on relationship and fellowship. We've been kind of camping in the book of Acts, and Pastor Matt just preached a great message on loneliness, and uh, really how fellowship really is meant to overcome loneliness, and, and we're a very lonely generation. It's really, uh, Mother Teresa called it the, the sin, really, not the sin, sorry, but the disease of this age. That uh, loneliness. People are lonely. And you know, God has a cure for that loneliness. Amen? And then Pastor Peter, a few weeks later, preached on uh, just a great message last week on God moments. And I encourage you to listen to those messages. And uh, one of the things I loved about Peter's message was he basically said, You're not beggars. You are believers. And you can look up and uh, expect God to meet you at your point of need. Amen? And so I want to encourage you to go online. to, to uh, You can go on www.tfhchurch.ca and you can get all those messages. You know, they're on video. They're actually on video. Or you can listen to them any way you want. So just connect to that and watch those messages if you happen to miss them. So we're living in Canada. I don't know if you figured that out. It's a very extraordinary country. Uh, but in the last several years, I've just noted some things are heading, I think, in a different direction, and uh, and I'm, I don't want to start on a negative note, but yet I want to take us on a journey and just help us to understand how we're going to to move forward as a culture and as a as a nation and as a people of God in the midst of this nation. You know, I think that uh, I think we're heading headlong into a, a reality of existence without God that we're having perpetuated and pushed upon our nation, this is what life without God looks like. And so it, start, it started in this last season uh, when we had a, uh, we, you know, most of you know that we were denied funding because we have a pro-life stance. We have a pro-life stance. We wouldn't agree with uh, the government's uh, decision to say that unless you check a box agreeing with abortion, you're not going to be funded for your summer students, which we would not check. And uh, so when we didn't check that, we were not funded. And that just began a slope of saying, you know, uh, moving away from the wisdom of God, devaluing human life. You know, I think we've been moving into that and we see that we're trying to remove God in so many areas of life, in the areas of values, identity, sexuality, gender. You know, this week we had the legalization of a substance that I believe has some benefits in the area of medical needs. But I think in, in the area of of uh, recreational use, I think the design and the desire of the enemy is only to kill, rob, and to destroy. And uh, I, it troubles me. I have to be honest. <laughs> it troubles me deeply uh, when I see our nation moving more and more toward, uh, away from God and toward a humanistic mindset and culture. And I'm going to tell you this because, I, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Who we are today and who we're going to be in 10 years if we do not ship, shift this, this change is going to be a very different nation. And, uh, and I don't want to say that to, to cause you to lose hope. I say that because you are the hope. <laughs> you are the hope to demonstrate why the kingdom of God is so critical in this hour. You know, we need a genuine revival of a heart toward God. We need a genuine revival and a turning back toward the Lord in so many ways. And really that genuine revival is the manifestation of the kingdom of God in this world. It's a kingdom of righteousness, which means right living, being right with God, being right with one another. It's a kingdom of joy. It's a kingdom where uh, you know, we, we, we walk in the absolute knowledge that we are valued by God, that we are created in the image of God, that uh, God loves us, that God is for us and not against us, and uh, that joy permeates our life and flows out to others. It's a kingdom of peace, which means, you know, those areas of my life and your life. How many of you know that uh, God is calling us to peace? And peace means wholeness. But I don't know about you, but there are some areas of my life that are not whole. There are some areas of my life that God is still producing joy in. There's some areas of my life where I need the kingdom of God to operate. Amen? This is the hope of the church. You know, our, 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 why we exist as a church is to say, you know, we exist to help people find their way home to God. It's why we say, welcome home on our drums. Because we believe people need to come back into relationship with God. And when you come back into that relationship, God invites you into his kingdom. He delivers you from the kingdom of the world. And he brings you into the kingdom of the son that he loves. And in that kingdom is those things called righteousness, joy, and peace. You see, I think the day of being good, ordinary Christians is coming to an end. And I think we need to have a day of amazing, extraordinary kingdom people demonstrating the kingdom of God. So how do we become extraordinary citizens of the kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of God in the midst of a world that is moving more and more away from God? That's the question. And I'm gonna pray one more time because I need help. Holy Spirit, come. Help. (laughs) Thank you that you are the helper. And I pray you bless this word. Encourage your people today. Wake us up today, Lord. Cause us to walk in victory and confidence before you and to become extraordinary in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in our story that we're gonna be looking in a book, Acts chapter four, we're gonna get there in just a minute. If you don't have your Bible, it'll come up on the screen portions of it, but you can turn there if you have your Bible, Acts chapter four. The story is leading off, uh, Jesus basically has died Uh, And then he was resurrected from the dead. Three days later, he was resurrected from the dead. He comes back to life and he starts visiting the disciples who are back. And they're like, wow, wow, wow. And for 40 days, he actually is visiting them uh, off and on. And they're like having these experiences of meeting with him. And during that time, he tells them to stay in Jerusalem. Wait until God has given you power so that you can live out and demonstrate the kingdom of God. And then he gets uh, basically... he gets. Taken up into heaven, you know, the ascension of Jesus Christ. He's like, Don't worry, I'm coming back for you. But right now, I'm going to give you something. A gift is going to come to you that you're going to be able to demonstrate the kingdom of God in a greater way. And so, in Acts chapter 2, we found out, and we're going to spend some more time on this uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes. The presence of the Holy Spirit fills the church and fills the disciples. And uh, it's amazing. And, and all kinds of things start to happen from that point. And it's awesome. And uh, what happens now in, in two chapters later, in the third chapter, Peter and, uh, and John are walking to the time of prayer, which is a kind of a neat hint that there is a time of prayer. You need to join the times of prayer little thing saying Wednesday night, prayer, awesome. Uh, You know, they show up and they walk by this guy that's been there and he's there all the time. He's at this gate, beautiful, and he's there all the time. And they walk by him and he says, give me something. I need some gold. I need some alms. I need some, you know, some love. And Peter's like, "Uh, I'm going to give you some love. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up. Boom, bam. Grabs the guy by the hand, it's not enough. Just grabs him by the hand, lifts him to his feet, buddy he is healed. 40 years crippled. I'm talking, Way! party. You know what I'm saying? This is celebration moment. This is awesome. This is intense. This is incredible. You think everybody in Jerusalem would be cheering and shouting and praising God. But now we're gonna jump into chapter four to find out exactly their response to this incredible miracle. It says, the teaching and preaching of Peter and John angered the priests, the captain of the temple police, and the representatives of the Jewish sect of the Sadducees. They were furious that the people were being taught that in Jesus there's a resurrection from the dead. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came into the temple courts and opposed them. They had them arrested, and since it was already evening, they kept them in custody Until the next day. Not the response I was expecting. From this incredible miracle of somebody who has been born crippled for 40 years, has lived crippled, unable to walk, is now walking among the people. Incredible. You see, 40 is a pretty biblical number. They should have picked up on that, these Jewish ruling people should have picked up on this number 40 because 40 represents, you know, like this time of testing and transition. It's a time of, you know, you've come out of something and you're coming into something new. So 40 is this very biblical number. You remember in the wilderness, the Israelites were how long in the wilderness? 40 years before they went into the promised land. You know, Jesus was 40 days being tempted Uh, in the wilderness until he came in and what did he come? What did he come to do? This is incredible. He actually came to demonstrate the kingdom of God. So he 40 years is being tested, he's being tried, boom, he's coming out of that and the power of the Holy Spirit is upon him and he begins to demonstrate the kingdom of God. But you see the authorities missed this whole significant number of this man who for 40 years God was saying, you know, what has been is no longer going to be. I'm actually taking something and I'm transitioning from the law. I'm transitioning from that point of death and I'm bringing a new life, a new anointing, a new power to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Jesus shows up on the scene and does this incredible work, but he does it through the disciples. That's pretty cool, isn't it? He does it through you and I. See the demonstration of the kingdom since Jesus has left this earth is no longer through Jesus it's through little Jesus's It's through you who have Christ in your heart through the Holy Spirit Christ is living in you. The minute you have asked Christ to come into your life, the minute you've said, I need help, God, I need help in this life, come into my life, free me, forgive me of my sin, help me to live fully for you, he comes in, and guess what he's wanting to do? He's wanting to burst out of you, woo, to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And he wants to demonstrate that kingdom in your workplace. He wants to demonstrate that kingdom in your, in your, in your family. He wants to demonstrate your ki- that kingdom in your community. And, 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 and that's what God wants to do. He wants to break forth. See, the one seed died so that he could become many seeds. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. Go ahead and do that. That was weak. Let's try this again. Say, turn to the person next to you and say, you are a little Jesus on, Jesus on the earth. Bam. That's a little better. That's a little better. Come on. See, the kingdom of God, listen to me, guys. The kingdom of God, this is what we talked about at prayer meeting, and you missed this if you didn't, you're on a prayer meeting. They can watch the prayer meeting stuff online. Listen the prayer meeting stuff, which is just as good, but you could have been there. You could have been there on Wednesday. We talked about the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God, the gospel is not just the salvation of your souls, you guys. The gospel is actually that the kingdom of God has come. That's what Jesus came to do. He preached the kingdom. I'm preaching the kingdom. We talked about in our prayer meeting time a few weeks ago that the central revelation of the New Testament is the Father heart of God. But the central proclamation and demonstration is the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God, you guys, is God's rule on the earth, it's God's rule in the life of the believer. It's God's rule ultimately in the universe. So how many of you know God is not ruling the universe right now? You're like, that's blasphemy. Well, it actually says that in the book of Hebrews, right? You know, that all things are subject to him. It says all things are subject to him, but yet not all things are subject to him at this time. That we're still waiting. We're waiting for the fullness of the kingdom of God to come. But how many of you know that in moments like this, in moments of history, God is demonstrating his kingdom. God is causing his kingdom to be demonstrated. What it means when God shows up in the scene through your life and through my life and right now through John and, and through Peter's life, boom, somebody's healed. But you know the demonstration of the kingdom of God can be feeding people a turkey dinner that didn't have a turkey dinner at Thanksgiving because of this church family and higher grounds and the community that got together and did that. That's the demonstration of the kingdom of God. Do you know that? It's the demonstration of the kingdom of God when you find out a coworker is sick and you send him a card and you say, I'm praying for you. That's a demonstration of the kingdom of God. See, it's not as complicated as we think. We need to understand that. God's rule on the earth, God's presence on the earth. This is the kingdom come. And ultimately right now, the only way people see the kingdom of God is through your life and through my life. Wow. And Jesus came to demonstrate that kingdom. But here's the thing. If the kingdom of God is real and God is real, then it means that there is far more to this life than this life. Why did they get mad? Why did they get mad? Why did they get so mad that they came and arrested these guys? Why? Because they were preaching the resurrection from the dead life. You see, the Sadducees were the ruling class. They were the ruling elite. And they did not believe in an afterlife. They didn't believe in the supernatural. They didn't believe in anything miraculous. And so all of a sudden... Uh, You know, Peter and John are preaching, man, Jesus is raised from the dead. Well, come on. And they're like, we cannot have this. Why? Because how many of you know if there's an afterlife, suddenly there's an accountability in this life? See, the first thing you need to know if you're going to live an extraordinary life is this. The kingdom of God extends beyond this life. I brought out this rope today, because I want to skip. No, I don't. And uh, this rope is your life. It's your life. It's awesome. It's a lot of life. And uh, the thing about this rope is this. You know, it goes on and on and on and on. Your life goes on for a long time. But I want you to understand something. Your life is actually, on this earth, is only represented by this part. See where it's all green? Green. That's kind of like your productive, producing time of your life. If you can't see it, it's there. And then the red part is kind of like what we all aim for. That is our retirement zone. <laughs> this is what the whole of life is about. And if you, can't, you can't really see this, but right down the whole center of the green is a red thread. Why? Because you could die at any time. You're not even guaranteed to get to retirement. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sucks. Your kids are going to get everything you just saved. It's all good to them. Woo! Sorry. Okay. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you right now. Guys, we live our whole lives because we think that our life is over at the end of this life. This is our life on the earth. (laughs) That might be 25 years if you really, really do well. And it's and you've planned the whole time of your life preparing just for that little section of your life. But what if the resurrection is real, and this is your life? What if it just keeps going and 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 going wow, that's suddenly not that impressive anymore, is it? It's not that impressive anymore. When I've lived my whole life for that little red zone and God's like, you got a whole eternity of life waiting for you. But here's the thing. This is the thing Christians need to know. Uh, how we live in this zone right here determines our rewards in this zone Forever and forever, and forever, and forever. How long is that rope, Pastor Great? It's long, I could talk for a long time. I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of this sometimes. You see, you're not just building a church. You're not, you're actually building a church that is gonna be built in eternity because it's gonna shape people's eternal lives. It's way bigger than building a church. Do you know every sacrifice you make in this life in the name of Jesus Christ goes with you into eternity for eternity? Every one of them. You're not just cementing the floor of the church. You are cementing your eternity. That's what you're doing. And I think we, you know, the Bible actually warns Christians. It says, you know, the people of this world are way smarter than Christians. Jesus said that. He didn't the words were Christian. He said the believers. You know Why? because they understand they only have this life to live for. But you Christians should be getting the fact that you've got this life to live for and start living your life. Start living your life like this is real. This is true. How we live in this little portion of our life affects all of life to come. Wow. The kingdom extends beyond this life. See, there are accountability and consequences to how we live. And we don't want to hear that if we only think it's about this life, do we? We're kind of, you know, the Sadducees kind of represent our world, don't they? I mean, people just want to live, you know, eat, drink, and be married because tomorrow you may die. Well, what if tomorrow you may die and then you determine your entire eternity forever and forever and forever and forever? And forever? Amen? See, Christians, your retirement is not here. It's not there. It's there. That's your retirement. And we need to understand this. Amen? Hallelujah. See, t- we've got to move from being ordinary this is what ordinary people do, to being extraordinary. That's the first step is that you've got to preach as a resurrection. There's more to this life than this life. Come on. There's more to this life than this life. It keeps going. Let's read on. See, they call him in. They try to dissuade them. They try to dissuade them, the, the rulers. And this is what they say in verse 7. Peter, uh, made John, they made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, Tell us by what power and authority you have done these things. How dare you heal a man 40 years crippled? <laughs> Cuckoo. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, answered. I know, you gotta, amen. Respected elders and leaders. I'm thinking he was passionate when he was saying this. Listen. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, everyone else in Israel should know, it's by the power of the name of Jesus that this man stands to you healed. The one you crucified, remember him? Now, remember, guys, something has changed in this guy's life. <laughs> this is Peter who was intimidated by a 13-year-old schoolgirl asking him, um, aren't you a Galilean? Aren't you one of the friends of Jesus? I, I don't know him. I never, I don't know him. I'm just here warming my hands by the fire. No, no, I think you do know him. No, I, I don't know. Somebody else starts saying, "You know him?" I swear to God, that's what he said. He called down curses upon himself. I swear to God, I don't know him. Peter, you're in trouble. <laughs> Yikes. But something's changed, hasn't it? Something's changed. See, now he, he's living for more than himself, and he's really living, rea- having a realization that eternity is bigger than just this little section of, the, of my life. And he's filled with a power and a presence of the Holy Spirit that has changed some things for him. And this power comes upon him, and he moves from being ordinary to extraordinary. Wow. See, we know that. Guys, I'm telling you, we're in a day and an age when when the world is trying to move away from God and we're seeing that. You know, an attack on the Christian school, attack on parents' rights, attack on the change of curriculum, rewriting history, removing the first prime minister of Canada because he was... Come on! What are we doing? It's time for extraordinary citizens to rise up and have a love rebellion. It says there's a God who's for you and not against you. He's real. He's real. And he has good things for your life. See, the power to live in the kingdom of God life comes from the Holy Spirit. Tell us by what power and authority you've done these things. Peter who shied away from the little scroll girl is now standing up against the the elite. You guys, this is like this is standing up to Justin Trudeau. That's what he's doing. Do you understand? He's standing up to the powers that be in that day and age. The powers that could take away his life. The powers that could imprison him. This is what he's doing. And you need to get that. What is he talking about? What's this demonstration of the kingdom? Well, Joel, in chapter 2 of Joel, says this. Afterward, I pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions on your servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those last days. I will show wonders in the heaven and on the earth. Now, I'm going to start talking very specifically about this. The Holy Spirit is not some spooky, weird thing that really serious Christians, they go there, but the rest of us, stay away from Holy Ghost person. No, no, he is the third person of the Trinity. He is who comes into your life when you invite Jesus Christ into you. The Bible says he places his Holy Spirit in you. That's what he does. The Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell and to live in you. Incredibly empowering you, training you, uh, to, uh, speaking to you, encouraging you, using the gifts, enabling you to live in the kingdom of God, to demonstrate the kingdom of God. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Listen to this thought I just put together. Having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is not a Pentecostal or charismatic church thing. It is an every church and every believer thing. Every believer, every church. So, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm gonna I'm not gonna explain that fully today. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit today. But what I want to talk to you about is that every single believer believes they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They just have a differing opinion as to when that occurred. See, every Baptist believes they are empowered by the Holy Spirit, every Pentecostal believes they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. But the difference is this: when does that occur? That's the training and the difference between the charismatic or Pentecostal church and every other church. And I'm not going to get into even why that is. It's it's, it's okay with me. I'm okay. (laughs) I really don't care when you understand that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I just want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't care. I'm not going to argue with you. Great. Let me see, this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 1. You were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him in a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. See, if you have a, a mindset, and that's okay, if you're, you know, you might come from a background that says that's when we were filled with the Holy Spirit, the moment we were born again. Great. That's Okay. The point is that I want us to understand is that we all need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. See, everybody would agree with that. Every denomination. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 5. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word filled is an interesting word. It means this. It means you were filled. You are being filled. And you will be filled. So it doesn't matter what you believe. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what side of the camp you're standing on. The point is this. We all agree we need the Holy Spirit to live an extraordinary life. Amen? So it's not an argument for me. It's just a point of saying, be open. Be open. Be open to say, Holy Spirit, I want to be filled with you. So that I can live an extraordinary life in a very ordinary world that's heading into an extraordinary destruction if it doesn't make some changes. I need you, Lord. So how do we do that? This is where we get interesting. My watch actually battery died. This is the best moment of being a preacher in my life. I have no idea what time it is. It's, thank, thank you. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. So here they are. They've they've done this incredible miracle um, through the power of the Holy Spirit. They're being put on trial for it. And now God is calling us to the same relationship with him. Here's the point I want to make. Number three is this. The friend who walks with us in the ordinary parts of our life makes us extraordinary. Listen to the conclusion that these Pharisees, these Sadducees, these leaders came to when they looked at Peter and John. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John especially when they discovered they were just ordinary men who had never had any religious training. Dang. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. Wow. Standing there with them was the man healed. And there was nothing further they could say. (laughs) can we just take away some of the spooky stuff? I love the spooky stuff, by the way. <laughs> I'm kind of that, I'm a very passionate person. But I understand that it freaks people out, and so we just kind of try to, I always say to our church staff, you know, on Sunday mornings, it's kind of like this is, we're inviting guests, and this is the living room of our house. But you know, there's an experience with God that can go deeper and further than this. Amen? That's good. So listen to me here. The path to being extraordinary is experiencing experience in the ordinary moments of our lives through our friendship with God. You know, one of the reasons why I think the Holy Spirit has had a bum rap in churches is because of sometimes expressions of the Holy Spirit that come from vessels of uncharactered nature. How many of you know that if you don't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then the demonstration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is a problem? Do you know that? Can I tell you a little secret that when I first came to this church 14 years ago, that one of the first things the elders asked me to do was to really clean up some things that were happening in terms of the charismatic expressions going on in the church. And so we began to really drill down and to to really build this church on the Word of God, the foundation of the Word of God, foundation of the Word of God, foundation of the Word of God. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will never disagree with the Word of God? And if you're amongst people that are saying things to you that disagree with the Word of God in the name of the Holy Spirit, they don't represent the Holy Spirit. So you need to have that safety in your heart, and your mind, people. Now, I'm gonna tell you, you can have an emotional response to the Holy Spirit at prayer meeting People had emotional responses on Wednesday. We were crying out for Canada. And I'm gonna tell you, a spirit of intercession came on. Is Georgina here? She's not here, so I can talk about her. It's great. (laughs) But I'm I'm just saying the presence of God was on her so strong and suddenly the prayer meeting just shifted. And I'm telling you, power hit us. And the presence of God was crying out for the nation of Canada. It was awesome. That's when Cole cried. (laughs) it was beautiful man don't shame stand up and say I'm the man I'm the man amen okay here it is here it is ready for this gifts without character you blow up character without gifts you dry up gifts with character you grow up and you become extraordinary amen So we need to be the friends of God. I I want you to take away the spookiness. I just want you to spend time with God. Somebody seriously give me the time because I actually don't know. 11.30. 11.49. 12.30. And Doug Fraser just lived again for this little moment of his life. And Someone shouted him down and said, I'm in the 1149 zone. (laughs) Holy ghost zone. (laughs) You forget I have a microphone, brother. (laughs) Can we just talk about, just for really quickly for five more minutes and then we're done. Just some principles of friendship with God. Would that be okay? Just just a couple. uh, These are not rocket science things. I just thought of these. uh, You know, here's the first one. Spend time with them. This is what friends do. What was that? Say it that again. Friends spend time together. That's what they did. They just spent time with Jesus. And as they spent time with Jesus, I'm going to tell you something. There is no single human being ever that has ever existed on the planet that is more extraordinary than Jesus. And how many of you know when you hang out with an extraordinary person, how many of you know that rubs off on you? Do you ever have a friend that you just want to hang out with them because they are just like awesome? And every time you leave them, it's like, I feel more awesome just being around them. Amen? If you don't have a friend like that, well, then be a friend like that. Be a friend like that. Spend time with them. You know, can you just maybe say, God, where can I spend a little more time with you this week? Would that be okay? You say, well, I don't have time. I PVR 17 shows a week, and to watch those shows... Requires time. I'm losing my eternity. I'm losing my eternity. Where are you living? Where are you living? I'm not saying be crazy. I'm just saying just spend some time with Jesus. Make it, make it, a, make it a priority. Friends, spend time together. Devotions, prayer, Read your Bible. And, and here's the second thing. They do everyday life together every day. It's pretty simple. Just do everyday life. Just invite God. If you've got seven minutes to drive to work in the morning, then take seven minutes say, God, I invite you into my day. Help me to be extraordinary today. You'll be shocked at what starts to happen in your life just by that little prayer. <laughs> Meet me, God. I, I want to live in this zone to, today. Some, let, me, let me touch somebody's life. Let me be encouraged by God. Let me let me connect with somebody. Let me just you know God will do things, guys. I've had more extraordinary occur, uh, things happen in my everyday life: grocery stores, elevators, hospitals—crazy. If you're open to God, He's there. Boom. He wants to do work in your life. Amen. Here's the third thought: value them. You're a friend of Jesus. Value him. Don't be a fair weather or a stormy weather friend. Be a friend for all seasons. <laughs> Just If you're having a bad day, Jesus is there with you. You can actually talk to him about that. Find out what pleases the Lord, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, and then do that. You know, what pleases God, do you think about it, in your life? What pleases God when you're kind When you're generous, when you're observant of others' needs, when you're hospitable, these are things we can all do. Hold a door open, smile. Welcome somebody. Thank God you're here. Welcome home to the Father's house. That's why we exist as a church, to help people find their way home. You, the name tags Pastor Rick did, you'll notice them today. They all say, How can I help you? How can I help you? Every one of our, our workers is wearing one of those tags saying, How can I help you? They're here to help you to find your way home to God. Wow, it might be to help you get a cup of coffee. Do things that reflect that you know them. What would Jesus do in this moment? I think I've told you the story in the past of Mrs. Christensen. I was in the mall and I was sitting eating some, this is when I was in Bible college and my wife and I didn't have five nickels to rub together. And I happened to save about $8 to buy her flowers. And I was sitting in the mall and this Mrs. Christensen comes and sits next to me and she's she's crusty in her late 70s. And and I'm thinking, well, okay, Lord, you brought Mrs. Christensen here. She must. I must. You want me to talk to her? So I tried everything. This is Christensen. You ever think about eternity? Nah, eternity. (laughs) She she sounded like she smoked a pack of smokes just before she came in. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) So you can get a picture of Mrs. Christensen. And I'm trying everything I can, like a good, you know, Bible college training student. Like Mrs. Christensen, don't you think God loves you? I don't care if God loves me. So I'm getting up to go. I'm like, I got to go home. And she says, who's the flowers for? I said, they're for my wife. You know, I just want to let her know that I love her. No one ever gives me flowers. (laughs) These are like Safeway flowers. These are $5.99 flowers. But you got to, I'm not joking You when I tell you this was my entire bank account. And guess what the Holy Spirit tells me to do? Go home and give those to your wife before Mrs. Christensen gets them. (laughs) No, he says, Greg, stop living here. Go here. Mrs. Christensen, I feel that God, I said, Jesus wants you to have these flowers and he wants you to know that he loves you. She starts bawling, crying, weeping in the middle of, people are eating their chicken nuggets, moving away. I tried for 45 minutes the greatest theological kind thoughts. It was flowers from Jesus. That was my extraordinary moment in the mall. And I got to go home and tell my wife, I almost got you flowers. (laughs) Here's the last thing. Can you just laugh together? I think God loves to laugh. You know, there's no more joyful person in the universe than God. You know, our world may be crazy right now. Just let Jesus remind you that it's all going to be okay. You're not living for this, Greg. You're living for this. It's all going to work out. I'm coming back soon. I'm about to come. You're going to make it. You're going to get there. Just laugh together. Can you laugh at yourself once in a while? Yeah, I, I just think you gotta, you're really funny to God. <laughs> the angels pop popcorn and they say, watch what he's going to do today. No, seriously? <laughs> Check this out. She thinks she can do this to her husband and he's going to change. No, it's not going to work. She's got to go to Laugh to Life. That, that'll help her to understand. He ain't wired the same. Laugh together. Amen? Some of you, I'm going to ask just uh, whoever is coming back to play some music, just to grand close in prayer. Jump on the keyboard, whoever that is. Is it Victoria? Yeah, come on. Good job. Nice sweet harms today, by the way, girl. That means harmonies. She wasn't harming anybody. She was doing harmonies <laughs> while she was singing. And it was just... She's, she's extraordinary. You're just awesome. Okay, there you go. There you go. I just think some of you need to wake up to the fact that uh, you've been living way too much for this. And that the Bible calls that repentance. And what that means is it's just a turning around. It's turning away from one thing and turning toward another. doesn't mean you try to fix everything. It just means you acknowledge and you say, God... Man, I'm way too caught up here, Lord. Help me to be aware of this and live for this, Lord. Help me to cement my eternity. Help me to build your kingdom now so that it changes the world to come. Amen? I I think, secondly, some of you just need to be open to the Holy Spirit. You've bought really some bad teaching on the Holy Spirit on both camps. Guys, listen, Pentecostals, we're guilty of teaching some wrong things. But I think other camps are guilty, too, of a fear that is not warranted. He is God. He is God in you. He wants a greater relationship with you. I just want you to be open to that, okay? That's it. And thirdly, don't make it spooky spiritual. Just be Jesus' friend this week. Be his friend. You'll be shocked if you pray a simple prayer every morning before you go to work. Lord, help me to be extraordinary today because I'm in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is in me and the kingdom of God wants to come out of me. Just pray that prayer and see what starts to happen in your life. Amen? Let's bow our heads. you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Greg, I've been living way too much for the red zone. Way too much for the red zone. I need to start being aware that there's a resurrection from the dead. There's more to this life than this life. And if that is you, you might raise your hand on all three of these. I want you to raise your hand to heaven and say, that's my prayer. Yeah. Lots. Yes. 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 Many hands. My hands go up. Thank you. Maybe you just are here and you're like, I'm one of those people that just does not have a good view of the Holy Spirit or surrendering more to Him or whatever that means to you. I don't want to define it. But you just want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. If that is you here today, I want you to raise your hand. Yes. My hand again goes up and says, Yes, Lord, I want to grow in my relationship with you. And lastly, if you're here today and you're just like, Pastor Greg, I just need to be a, just a better friend to Jesus. I haven't been a great friend. I haven't been spending enough time with him. I haven't been just doing life in my everyday life with him. I haven't been, whatever, you, you define that. But if you, you just want to be a better friend to Jesus, just raise your hand. Man, so many people, so many people, guys, have been touched today by the Holy Spirit's presence and power. Father, you see our hands going up. You see how pathetic we are without you, how ordinary we are without you. But yet you've called us to the extraordinary. Help us to live for the white zone, Lord, the eternal zone, and to know that you're going to do extraordinary things in our ordinary lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord just a clap offering today.